Welcome everyone that you are listening to the Long Overdue Podcast, a production of the Decatur Public Library. I'm Chris. Which Decatur Public Library? In Decatur, Texas. Thanks. I'm Chris. And the gang is all here. Yay. That's Denise <laughs> and Dawn. Hello. And Pat. They're Hello. All, we're all here. And we're all talking about books that we've read. That we have read. That we have read? Yes. What or about the books to. that we haven't read? Say what you want about them, I guess. Yeah. But we're not going to listen. Because <laughs> what could you have to say about books you haven't read? I want to read that book. I want to read that book. <laughs> I, I liked the cover. Sounds really cool. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. I, I don't know. No, I didn't come with a list of books that I want to talk that I haven't read that I want to talk about. Okay. Oh, I, I was just thinking that maybe we could find our editor. <laughs> Am I lost? <laughs> Say, editor, edit out the books we want to read or <laughs> we have not read. So Pat, but we have opinions. Has a whole journal full of things that she's read. It looks like. So yeah, I made this is like it's like a New Year's resolution, but I started it before New Year's because the last time we did one of these episodes about. Let's talk about books we've read. Mm-hmm. I was racking my brain. What have I read? What have I read? What have I read? And kind of all I could come up with was, oh, I read that for book club. And mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I remember getting that through interlibrary loan. But that's about all I remember about it is that I got it through interlibrary You know, mm-hmm. that's all I could remember. So I thought, okay, starting now. And so this was like late, Jan- uh, late December. Late December, back in 63. Um, I started writing down the books that I've read and something about them. So it might be a little just synopsis Mm -hmm. or it might be what I thought about it or all that. So yeah, I've got a whole bunch written down. I don't have to talk about them all, but, and then I didn't write down all the series romances Mm -hmm. and the this and the that, the series mysteries and things like that. I just wrote down, I wrote, I read these series too. But yeah. Well, I now, I stopped doing it three months ago. But three months ago, <laughs> <laughs> I have more listened to books uh-huh. than I have <clears throat> read books. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the books I've read have been for our. Do we like murder? Yeah, I was just looking over mine. I'm like, most of these are things we've already talked about. Yeah, but I've also read quite a few children's books. So it was really four months ago I stopped writing. <laughs> <laughs> you really started looking. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> I've got some, though. <clears throat> okay, so you've been doing a lot of audiobooks. Well, more. More than, than yeah. Okay. But um, the children's books I've been reading have been, like, on the... Um, Two by two list. Okay. So they're picture books, uh-huh. and I've got kind of a challenge out in the children's area. Mm-hmm. I saw this this morning. Yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of challenging them to read all of the two by twos with me Ooh. and color their boot. Um, so if you want to do that with your kiddos, or not with your kiddos, just read. Is that yeah, okay? Yeah. Of course, that's okay because I don't have any kiddos that are reading those with me. 
except for all of your kiddos. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I just love it when parents read the books that their kids are going to be reading. Um, You kind of get exposed more to what they're they're exposed to. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. So, anybody want to talk about a book you read that was just particularly great? Okay, so I have to talk about one. Okay. I'm really excited about this one because it was not super great. Oh. But. But. (laughs) Okay, so what is it called? Is it that one? It's got to be that one. What have you done? So the I I bought Audible. Okay. Or I'm doing that. I'm Uh, thinking about doing that. Because yeah. there's, there's a lot of books that I'm like, oh, I really want to read that, but I haven't been able to like actually sit down to read it. Uh-huh. So like, so I want to listen to it, and then I can't find it. And so, but it's on Audible, which makes me really angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anytime you've got those proprietary things that, mm-hmm. oh, look, you have to pay for it. Great. Yeah. Well, and... This one, for some reason, I'm thinking this is not the right one. So give me a second here to pull it up. But the one I'm thinking about, the reason I purchased it on Audible, it was an Audible original, but it had Kit Harrington mm-hmm. reading it, who is Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. <laughs> right? <laughs> we just talked about him yesterday. Yeah, did you guys read about? I did, but I am so, I am so into that, though. I mean, you're into rehab? (laughs) He went to rehab because he needed the emotional kind of support. He, he, it was like a, uh, it, it said and alcohol. I don't think that he's got the alcohol issue. I, I don't know yet, but stress and alcohol is what I read. But it was like more of the emotional letdown of the show finishing and the like, I don't know if it's anxiety or that's the kind of stuff that I read. And so it made me more like, like our Center for Emotional Wellness. Like, good for you. Yes, for taking care of yourself. exactly. For doing what you need to do. Exactly. And owning up to it instead of living at, with it and making your life and everyone's life around you miserable. Right. And the yeah. other thing that I thought was great about yeah. this is all of these whiny people who say, Game of Thrones is ending. I'm so sad because it's been a big part of their life. He lived it. I mean, yes. he is another character for, I mean, you, I can't even imagine what they go through when yeah. you're acting in that kind of a character with all those people for that, that long a time. Oh, and then to be done and then yeah. have all these people, like, this yeah. 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 and it, I mean, that's just emotionally draining and I just can't I, even imagine what they I go through. I watched that. I know this is not a Game of Thrones episode, but I watched the documentary <laughs> Sunday night that was the making of episode eight. It was called The Last Watch and all this blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And one of the things that I'd read earlier was that on their way to the table read, when they read through the entire season, that Amelia Clark had read hers before, but he had not. And he came to the table. And part of what they showed on this documentary was he was sitting there at the table and they read the script about when he has to kill Daenerys. Uh huh. And he's just 
you can tell it's just crushed him. He was not expecting that. He just, he looks across the table at Amelia Clark and just shakes his head like, I'm so sorry. I, I was not, you know? And so I think that probably, you know, had some impact on him too. Because I read that he cried yeah, during that. Yeah, yeah. and that, that he just, he had to do this thing that he was not prepared to do, even though, I mean, I'm sure that was months from the table mm-hmm. read to doing it to yeah. recording it, but... You know that's a big deal yeah so i mean i was anyway. very proud of him for that okay. uh, i mean i think it kind of is like amazing that it's one hundred twenty thousand dollars a month for that rehab oh, oh my gosh i didn't read that yeah but you the sh- other thing i thought was really cool because i really have not read much about the characters is he married the girl the wildling girl mm-hmm. um that he Rose had been leslie yeah had been attached to so Anyway, that's my whole Game of Thrones thing. So that's why I selected this, and I I listened to it in April. And, you know, you're watching Game of Thrones. You get used to somebody's accent. Mm -hmm. (gasps) There's no accent in here. And I'm like, which one is is this? Yeah, which one is Kit Harrington? Because there were two guys in it. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who's who. (laughs) And I kept trying to picture it. I mean, it was an okay story. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't never figure out. Who is everybody was. in Game of Thrones British? No, I don't think I so. I mean, are they supposed to have British accents? It's very odd because they're almost, some of them are almost Scottishy sounding. Okay. A lot of them are like the one, the North, all the, the sure. Starks are kind of sort of, but not really. But then, but then there's a lot of British sounding. So Peter Dinklage is one of those that. You know, when you hear him on Game of Thrones, he's sort of British sounding, but then he's not. You know, he's just a regular American Midwest accent. But then um, Littlefinger was funny because he's very Irish. And when you listen to him talking, uh, Aiden, Aiden Gillen, uh, when you listen to him talk in real life, he's got this lovely little Irish lilt. But on the show, he didn't have that. And then Jamie Lannister is Danish, so when you listen to him talk in real life, even when he's speaking English, I haven't ever heard him speak Danish, but when he's speaking English, he's got a little bit of this Danish kind of accent. Right. But anyway. I just was like, I just asked that, because I'm like, why, do, <laughs> why does everybody have to be British? You know, it's a it's an interesting <laughs> thing, because I think epic fantasy, sometimes that's what we think it is. Medieval, British, that's kind of where we think it's at, even though it's not, even though it has nothing to do with that. I just think that's funny. Isn't it? It is kind of funny when you, when you think about how people respond to accents, you know, that, that people listen... And believe someone who speaks in a proper British accent, mm-hmm. even though they're not British at all, and they could be saying anything. Mm-hmm. That is true. I, I, I know Please. a guy. Nope, I'm dead. You know, you know that you know this person too. What we know somebody who spoke in a British accent at work oh. to try and get better tips. Here it is: "True West" by Sam Shepard. Is the one that Kit Harrington. Anyway, yes, yeah, so let's get back to that because I, I know that's what Sam we're here Shepherd. to talk about. True West. Uh, so it was Kit Harrington and Johnny Flynn. So yeah, it's about two brothers. 
and how one is responsible and the other one is not so responsible and just kind of the dynamics between the two and hmm. um, and how things like mentally get under their skin mm-hmm. and so even though you couldn't tell which one was Kit Harrington, could you tell the difference? I mean, they were very different voices, and you could tell which brother was talking or whatever. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, you could definitely tell the difference. I love those, those audio books that have mm-hmm. like full cast audio. Oh yes, you know, I love those. So I'll Although recommend another one. There in are a some really good narrators out there who can do voices yeah. and do a really good job, but I'll talk about one in a minute. That. Well, one's kinda, more of a production, yeah, while the other is yeah. more of a narration, right? And so, yeah. There's a guy I can't, I don't know his name, but he's the guy who um, reads most of Sandra Brown's books, and and he does this real funny. Most of hers are set in Texas, uh-huh. so there's at least one, not necessarily set in Texas, but there's at least one mainish character that's Texan, you know. And this guy has a pretty strong Texas accent when he wants to. But then his little kid voice is really funny. Because <laughs> his little kid voice, he tries to, you know, it's, it's just, I can't do it. But it, it's really funny to listen to this man try to do a little girl voice or something. And it, it's mm-hmm. real funny. Especially with the southern accent. Because the, the one I was just, that I'm just about to finish is... Um, the little girl is from Knoxville, Tennessee, so she's got a Tennessee accent, and she's like eight years old or something, and there's three or four times when she's speaking, and so this guy is doing her accent. It's just funny. Oh, well. But it's not a comedy. No, it is not a comedy. <laughs> she's about to die of blood cancer. Aww. <laughs> but she might live, because they might have gotten the... the um, experimental drug oh there you go to try on her yeah but you don't know yet i don't know yet nope it could go either way at this point don't spoil it well i can't because i'm not (laughs) in the end yet (laughs) so one of the things that um i think well i know i've mentioned it on here before is uh audiosync.com and Denise knows about this. Um, it It's a website that uh, if you go on there, it will uh, give you two free books a week. And there are mm-hmm. YA books, okay. mm-hmm. and they're all audiobooks. So you can download those um, and listen to them. And so I'm listening to one right now, Meet the Sky, and it's a typical kind of romancy mm-hmm. kind of, um, you know, it's got the conflict and mm-hmm. different things going on. Uh, but the first one that I read was called Spill. And it's about the uh, dark water horizon. Hmm. And I. Deep water horizon. Deep water, deep thank water. you. Because okay. the other book I read was Dark Water dark Bride. Water or something. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting little cross. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but this was putting on, put on by the LA Theater works it looks Mm. like yeah and so they had different characters for all of these different people these real life people and um it was very good i really enjoyed it It was it was short Hmm. um i think only about an hour or so 
and um, it just talked more about the families and kind of what they went through hmm. and uh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, so what the families went through as far as they kind of had suspicions that mm. the workers knew that things were not going right. Uh-huh. And then the wives were like, don't go because they had a bad feeling about mm-hmm. stuff. And then their husbands don't come home. And then the way that it was handled by, um, what is it, BP? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. Um, so anyway, I would highly recommend that one. So that was one that had more of a full cast mm-hmm. because it was the theater that put it on. I really enjoyed that. Cool. And that was free last week. Oh, uh, but we missed it now. Probably. Um, it's not free now, huh? Yeah, no, with, um, with that, once the week is over, oh, okay. it's gone. Yeah. So, so are there two books a week? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. So even if you don't read them, you can still download them. Oh. And, and you can re- and listen to listen them later. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So definitely so go, go on. Go, you can't go back, though. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't go back and download. Mm-hmm. Right. Gotcha. Okay. And you actually have to still use OverDrive. Really? Yeah. So most everything has moved over to Libby, but they have not. And so you have to have the OverDrive the app. old OverDrive app. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Weird. And they give you directions on how to do it online if you need to. Huh. So... I would recommend going on there because they're good books, not just for your teens, but mm-hmm. uh, for adults as well. Well, I listened to a couple of audiobooks that I really enjoyed, and it was that British accent, I think, that I really enjoyed. <laughs> so um, th- it was Judith Flanders, A Murder of Magpies and a Bed of Scorpions. And so the the main character is Samantha Clare. She goes by Sam, and she works for an editing. I mean, she's an editor for a publishing company, and so in a murder of magpies, she's very she's very um, cynical, and has this really dry British humor, and so that's why she's so funny. I think. Um, so she in the first book her star author has just sent her a manuscript that's just awful it's her her star author is like she's a woman in her late 50s who writes cozy mysteries but she's just written a 20 something serious almost like sex in the city kind of novel and it's just awful Okay, then her favorite author, Kit Lovell, has written a gossipy, possibly libelous account of scandal at an Italian fashion house. Mm -hmm. So he's in trouble. Break-ins where nothing is happening, nothing is taken, but you know something's been broken into her house, her office, different places. Kit Lovell, the author's disappearance. Mm -hmm. Then there's a detective who comes to find out all about it, and they sort of, you know, develop a relationship, even though it's not quite on the up and up because he's a detective investigating this Mm -hmm. crime. 
And then there's her mother, who is an attorney who always has everything together and is very organized and, and is on the board of 17 different organizations and always manages to do everything perfectly. And it's like when, when Sam calls her and asks for a favor, she already knew she was going to do it and has exactly what she needs to make it right. Huh. But it's it's Sam's, it's it's first person, so it's always Sam talking Cynical viewpoint. She, it's just really fun. And the the um, narrator of these books is Susan Duerden, and she's perfect as as Sam. So it's just really funny. And Bed of Scorpions just kind of is an, another story about Sam and kind of weird stuff that happens to her. Um, she has a a former boyfriend. Who is who has just found his business partner slumped over dead at his desk, at an art at their art gallery with a gun next to his hand. The police don't think it's suicide, including Sam's boyfriend Jake, who is the guy from the first book. But at the same time, the Tate Gallery in London is opening a retrospective of an American artist named Stevenson who's been missing for 20 years. His body was recently found a suicide. Um, the, ga the art gallery were the local reps for all of this guy's art. And now they're starting to find that some of what they thought was his original art is forgery. Ooh. But Sam only knows because she's... A publisher and she recognizes publishers colophons and how they change over mm -hmm. the years and so she's recognized a colophon that's newer than when this guy died hmm. so it's all very interesting she gets stuck in a museum <laughs> in a basement of a museum it's all interesting and then there there's another one but it's not on audio so you just have to read it and imagine those voices mm -hmm. but by the time you listen to two of them, you can do that. <laughs> so anyway, really mystery with a little bit of romance and a little bit of just cynical humor thrown in. So I really liked those. Judith mm. Flanders. She actually writes a lot of nonfiction. That's what she's known for. But she's got this one series of fiction. Mm. It's really fun. All right, Denise, tell us something you've got. Mm, I listened to My Sister, the Serial Killer by yeah. Oyinkan Brothwaite. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Um, it was really good. Um, it's a satire. Mm -hmm. It is exactly that about this girl's sister who's the serial killer. And she gets called every time she murders someone and she needs help disposing of the mm. body and cleaning up. <laughs> um, wow, really? And that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty much how it starts out. The sister calls her and, and she's always got some story, you know, like he attacked me and so I fought back and it's just like, he, he's, you know, quite a bit bigger than you and so on. And also you stabbed him in the back. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sure. But it's always something like that. And um, so she's the older sister. And she is very aware that she's not as attractive as her younger sister. Mm -hmm. 
she's a nurse at a hospital and i think all of this is set this is taking forever to load but it's set in um in africa and so when she talks about like the police and things like that it's very very different mm-hmm. um but so she works as a nurse at a hospital and she has a thing for one of the doctors and they're really good friends. Like they talk all the time and you know, they're, they're friends mm-hmm. and she's hoping that maybe someday they could be a little bit more than friends. And she thinks that maybe that, that might happen because they've developed a really strong, you know, friendship until he meets the hot younger sister. Mm-hmm. And so then it kills him. Well, well, I'm not going to give anything. She tries. Oh. oh. Yep. And so the entire time, like, they meet, mm-hmm. and he's obviously taken with her. And so she knows that her sister is a serial killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, you know, really likes this guy. And so when she's all, like, you know, asking the sister if she's going to see him, you know, whatever, she's like, hey, yeah, why not? Sure. And he's a doctor. Okay, so hold on. Let me me just make sure that I've got this straight. (laughs) So the younger sister is the pretty sister, Mm -hmm. and she is not the serial killer. She is the serial killer. She is the serial killer. The younger pretty sister is the serial killer. Okay, got it. The older one is just really good at cleaning up crime scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And so, you know, the sister asks her, you know, like, she's like, why do you like him? And she doesn't say, yes, I like him. Leave him alone. Mm -hmm. She's just like, you know, whatever, do whatever. And so they start dating. And she's, you know, trying really hard to protect him. She even tries to warn him a little without saying, my sister's a serial killer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because that could go all kinds of bad. Yes. Right. And... The, the younger sister is basically just telling her, dudes are all the same. Like, he just he just wants a pretty face. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, he's different. He's not different. He just wants a pretty face. Yeah. She was right. And so the, the whole thing is a, you know, it's a, a really good statement about, about that men, um, but also social media. Because when the book starts out, mm-hmm. she's just killed a boyfriend. Oh, my And goodness. so she goes to help her clean up and so on well the family's like where is he he's disappeared and so she's you know she posted this thing on social media about how you know she doesn't know where he is and no one's seen him you know if you know anything you know let his family know we haven't been able to find him and then but she's just like okay so there i did that good for me (laughs) and then like the next day, she's you know taking selfies, and then her sister's like, "Don't post that." <laughs> you know, it's like you just posted a thing about being worried about yeah. your boyfriend who's missing. Uh-huh. I was like, "You're going to start posting things about how happy you are," and <laughs> yeah, you know, I was like, "You're just going to draw attention to yourself." <laughs> I was like, "We just threw him in the river." <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> yeah, and so you know that happens kind of often though at some point (laughs) at some point the sister's like so can i post this on instagram now or what like has enough time passed (laughs) (laughs) like i don't understand what's the proper protocol she has no guilt no none none at all none wow and so um but she doesn't seem to be worried about getting caught either she she's not okay like even when it kind of comes up like where the family does contact the police and things you know mm-hmm. i think they have something to do with it 
you know, and the police come and talk to them, like, she's not really all that worried. Okay. Like, she just smiles and, you know, whatever. Interesting. And, and, it, and it all works out for her. And this is fiction? Uh-huh. Okay. And the older sister, because she's a nurse and has nobody to talk to, because mm. she's like, I can't go see a therapist, because if I'm all like, hey, by the way, my sister is a serial killer, she's got to report it. Mm-hmm. You know, the therapist has to report it. So she's like, okay, so I can't talk to anybody. So she talks to a comatose patient. Oh! oh. Tells them everything <laughs> while they're in a coma. <laughs> and then he wakes up from his coma. Oh! <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and she's like, I wonder. Sister. Like, I wonder. I wonder if he heard any of the, like you know because they're like they say that if you're in a coma that you can hear yeah. what people are saying to you. And everybody at the hospital, including her doctor friend, thought that, you know, she was just, you know, she just really cared about this patient. Because she would go see him every day. She'd sit there and she would talk to him, uh-huh. you know. And so she would just she just thought that that was the safest thing to do uh-huh. was, you know, I have to talk to somebody, but wow. I can't really talk to anybody. So I'm going to talk to this, coma, this guy in a coma. <laughs> he wakes up. And, you know, first she's, he's like, oh, you know, thank you for talking to me, you know, and so on. They told me that you're the nurse that had been visiting me every day. And she's all like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was me. And so she's like, okay, so, you know, maybe he doesn't remember anything. And then he's all like, so tell me more about your sister. <laughs> she's all like, dang. Because <laughs> he did remember. But he wasn't going to. He wasn't going to tell anybody. He was just like, yeah, you know, good luck with that. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, he considered her a friend and was just wow. like, you know. And so she's like, well, you know, I have an actual friend that I could possibly talk I ha- to. I have a friend. About all of this. Wow. So did they hit it off? No, they, they didn't start a romance or anything oh, okay. like that. Just. Yeah, Denise would have stopped reading it right then. Yeah, I would have been like, what's this? What's this nonsense? <laughs> more murder (laughs) well no if she would have went with or he would have went with the good sister then she could have protected him (laughs) because he already knew what the other sister did well he had no intention of like burying bodies or don't (laughs) none of it like he was just like you can talk to me if you want to talk to me but he Uh he wasn't going to go to the police or anything like that and anyway she was just like and even if he does go to the police i'm just gonna be like he was in a coma i don't know what he's talking about right yeah (laughs) must have imagined all that well you know i'm sure he had all kinds of weird dreams in his coma state who knows right (laughs) he knows what weirdo came in and talked to him Uh while he was sleeping (laughs) i was just checking up on him every day so at some point she does tell the doctor, you know, um, so Cordy is the older sister and Ayola is the younger sister. Um, and so Cordy finally does tell her doctor friend, you know, that she she's hurt people before, that Ayola has hurt people before. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, every time she tries to, you know, at first when she's like, She's not serious about you. Like, she's not serious about anybody. You know, you're just wasting your time. He, of course, starts to defend Ayola. And, you know, she she tells me that, you know, 
you treat her so badly and I didn't want to believe it because we we're such good friends but here you are like telling me these things about her and you know and she's like you're so stupid <laughs> you know like I'm trying to help I'm trying to help you yeah but Not die. but whatever and so at some point she's like oh, you know what whatever <laughs> like if she kills you she kills you I guess <laughs> and so but at some point she finally does tell him that Ayolette hurts people and he of course is furious with her for trying to like break them up he was going to propose marriage to her and so she's all like all right whatever like yeah she's gonna be the bad guy no matter what whatever happens to you happens to you yeah and so and she does eventually get a phone call from Ayola saying that she needs to come over right away and it turns out that he had actually attacked her and she well i guess he didn't really attack her he defended himself but he did actually stab her because she was going to kill him okay and so she of course goes gets her sister out of there gets her to the hospital mends her right up the police come to talk to her to find out what's going on and she's like oh it was the doctor go get him (laughs) you know and the sister like (laughs) cordy's like what are you doing? He's like, what? He stopped me. <laughs> he should go to jail. Wow. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he should go to jail. <laughs> right? <laughs> Only if you don't succeed in killing them should you go to jail, I guess. And of course, nobody believed him that this tiny, beautiful woman like mm-hmm. tried to stab him and he defended himself. <laughs> so wow. he went to prison. Oh, my gosh. Oh, See? Dang. She warned him. Pretty much, so she was like, "Well, I told you," and you know, it was just like, "Yeah, you know, Ayola was right. Like, mm-hmm. even as great as I thought he was, he was really just a guy." Yeah. Hmm. So, what do you think about all that, Chris? <laughs> Your sister's not a serial killer. Right? No, but no. Denise just totally lumped him <laughs> in. All guys are the same. <laughs> that look is like daring Krista. I'm I'm just like totally super chill about all of that. Yeah. yeah. Right now, I honestly am just like totally whatever. super chill. I am. I'm like whatever. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I don't care if people think that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you're such good friends. <laughs> well were you finished Denise yes well this is a good segue into my book so the next one I listened to was called The Dark Water Bride mm-hmm. and it was set in most of it was in London but parts were in a smaller town and this was an audible original also um But it basically was that same concept uh, in a roundabout way that men have uh, interesting, not all men, I'll say that, (laughs) Uh, interesting habits and, and try to sneak around and do certain things. So it starts out with this girl and um, they're waiting for her dad to come home 
uh, from London. And he was supposed to finish up some business and then he was not going to have to go back to London and do all this stuff. Um, but he never came home. Mm-hmm. And so the next day she went to meet the train again and he wasn't there. But the police came and found her and because he had died. He'd been killed. Um, so they found him in this, in this um, river. And... So she goes back with the police to London to identify him, and he was so um, bloated, decomposed. Actually, it was kind of, <laughs> it was almost kind of opposite of that. Pristine? No, he was like small, and just his whole features were, I don't want to say like sunken and kind mm-hmm. of weird, but... Um, then they noticed that there were these marks around the mouth, and they said that it was a murder. Right. It was an eel. No, they're saying that it, it, was, it was suicide. So then they said this eel came out of his mouth that they had swam inside him, and yeah, and then, yeah, okay, that's, yeah. Ooh. Oh, I was like, vampires. <laughs> right? <laughs> we're just throwing words out at dawn. Which one of these? What is it? What is it? An it's eel? Really wet outside. I'm covering my mouth. <laughs> what eels am I? <laughs> oh, so okay. so anyway, she the one of the police officers is around. really um, nice and is helpful to her, and she's very um, strong-headed, and she wants to help him find out what happened to her dad mm-hmm. because he thinks that it wasn't an accident that something happened. But then his commanding officer is involved with it. And so it comes out that there's like this dark water bride myth. And um, I don't know, there was a story about how she had been mistreated and then she was thrown into the river and she died. And so now she's the ghost that Mm -hmm. haunts the river and she's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And all men think that, you know, they try to go after her and then she kills them. She's a siren. Rounds them in the river. Yes. So, um, but it comes down to the fact that she's real. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) but she's like, she's like a hundred years old. I mean, she's like, not a ghost. Kind of a ghost, but she's a real person. Kind of, it's weird. Magic, maybe vampire. So, <laughs> so when she was vampire, right? When she was in the water, she like kind of prayed to the water gods or something to save her, and they did. And so, yeah, she was like living forever, kind of thing. So she's like mm. a water hag. A water hag. Yes, that's it. Anyway. <laughs> So they said that she's still beautiful and drowns men. Right. <laughs> so she, she, they trace her father to all of these places. He was selling his bank business or something like that. And they keep going to all these places that are like places for like gentlemen's clubs or whatever. Oh. But the first one they go to is like a gentleman's club. But it's... It's a no-touching facility. It's like you watch that kind of stuff, but then if you go down in the basement, then they have Mm. other things. And um, then there's another place where you go to... that. uh, um, 
that it's more hands-on and you've got that look of you're not sure what that means <laughs> no i'm pretty sure <laughs> she's like she knows what that means but when he's with this other lady he ends up saying his daughter's name yes and so i mean it was her dad and she loved him and she was like this here he was her hero kind of thing and then she finds out all this stuff about her dad i know that look on your face it really you thought it was bad before but yeah it it got bad it just keeps getting worse (laughs) yeah i was fine up until then (laughs) you had me going for a little bit with like the oh it's like you know creepy weird beautiful woman in the lake and i was like right, yeah it's no. kind of spooky and now it's like so so the dark water bride actually protects these um like the prostitute women and that kind of stuff from men like him mm-hmm. and that's what happened is that he wow. would kind of attack these women her dad would attack these women and, and behave like this and um so they finally were able to um they sent him to her and mm. so she basically drowned him by i don't know she'd force water she'd kiss him and force water into him i don't know how that worked exactly <laughs> um wow. but then she becomes the dark water bride because she wants to help the other women huh. in situations like that hmm. it was interesting yeah intriguing that, that does sound really it sounds pretty fantastic <laughs> Fantastic, like, like fantastic. I want to read slash listen to that. Or fantastic, like, like it so has elements of fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. And they do have British accents because it's in London. Well, it makes sense <laughs> in that case, <laughs> right? No, I, I think so. that's a neat concept. That hmm. sounds like a good a good idea for an adventure that I could write. There you go. See, mm-hmm. incorporate that into your your book. Yeah. <laughs> it had a lot of good twists and turns yeah. and hmm. So I read one that had some fantasy elements. Mhm. It's a gothic tragedy, but it's not real clear what the time period is. But this guy, Aiden Bishop, wakes up every morning. He's at this estate, the Hardcastle estate, and it's He's in a different body, and he's a different person. But his mind is the same? It depends on the person. So he, this is The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. And so Aiden is destined to keep repeating the same day of a house party at Blackheath Manor unless he can solve the murder of Evelyn Hardcastle, who is daughter of the owners of the house, by 11 p.m. But he wakes up in a different person, so he's not in the same person. So the first day, he's Dr. Sebastian Bell, who is described as a nice guy, but he runs a narcotics ring. (laughs) (laughs) And the second day, he's the butler... Roger Collins, and somehow eventually there are other days when something happens and he comes back to Roger 
and he's in him somehow. But so when he goes, eventually he cycles through everybody and yes, he does. Over. Well, no, he doesn't start over. But part of what happens with the butler is that he's. I think he's the one that's. He's very. He's either old or he's really ill or something. And so you think he dies, but he didn't die. He just was out. So he came. He went the next day. The butler's unconscious, so the next day he's mm-hmm. in somebody else. But then, when that person doesn't work out, he's back in the butler for a little while till the butler hmm. is unconscious. Again. So when he switches people, uh-huh. does he remember what the previous person experienced? See, it depends. At at first, he doesn't really even know who he is. Mm-hmm. But there are other characters who recognize that he's. Um, one of these traveler people who was trying to solve the whole thing because mm-hmm. there's more than one. Oh. And he finds that out as he goes along. Um, but it's, it's kind of interesting because each body that he's in has, you know, might have physical limitations or mental limitations or emotional limitations. And the only way he, he's reminded of who he really is is when he meets Anna, who is another traveler like mm-hmm. he is. Um, but then one of the bodies, he's a he's Jonathan Derby, a socialite, but he is actually an unconvicted rapist. He's also part of the narcotics ring of the very first guy. And, and it's just... I think he did it. <laughs> so it, each day that Aiden goes into a new personality and a new body... The host personality is stronger, a little bit stronger. So he's got to fight back after a while, especially like the rapist guy. He's got a really strong personality. And so Aiden is having to fight really hard not to have him behave as this man would, but as Aiden would. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, it's just, it's a really interesting book. And so he finds out a whole lot about all these other people, but then he also is supposed to be trying to solve the murder of Evelyn Hardcastle. So was it an easy read, a quick read, or was it kind of hard I to... I would say it was a relatively quick read, but it you had to really pay attention. It wasn't something you could, you could just read and put a little bit and put down uh-huh. and come back to it later because you kind of forgot where you were. You had to keep going. I mean, you know, you didn't have to read it all in sitting, but yeah, you mm-hmm. couldn't leave it for a while, and you couldn't leave read it in tiny chunks either. You had to you had to read it a good bit to to retain what was going on hmm. because it was one of the reasons that I wrote this one down is just to keep track of okay, who was he there, and what was this person about, and mm-hmm. what was kind of their issue. One of them was a police officer. Near, nearer the end of the book, he was a police officer, which made for an interesting thing because he was able to remember that the guy two days ago was an unconvicted rapist and kind of point the way, <laughs> you know, to him. I'm just going to so leave this here in your brain. Yeah, exactly. You come back to that later. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, it was kind of interesting. It was Mr. Green in the library with the knife. Yeah, it sounds very Clue. That's what I was. I just keep thinking about Clue. But it was not like that. It was. It wasn't just about the mystery, and it wasn't just about the the murder. It was 
about all these different people mm-hmm. and kind of the psychological understanding of, of who they are and how Aiden tries to keep his wits about him. And not lose his identity. You know, yeah, yeah, not wow. lose who he is. Yeah. So, but it was a very interesting mystery. Sounds intriguing. What do you got, Chris? I think the only thing that I can remember having read, I mean, I'm sure I've read some other things too, Mm. but I read, I read the rule book for Dungeon Crawl Classics. Huh. I know. I always <laughs> it was a real page turner. I always, <laughs> just, I always read stuff like that. That's what I, I read know. for fun. So I mean, that I read to other me things for fun too, but seems like technical reading. Yeah, not pleasure reading. Yeah. How much so fun is it? It is fun. It gives you ideas, and it gives you ideas for designing your own games and things. The the neat thing about Dungeon Crawl Classics is that. Instead of building a character and having all this front, you know, this front-loaded investment into this character, and it's like they have this background and they do all these things. In Dungeon Crawl Classics, each player starts with four up to usually up to four, like levels what they call level zero characters. So they're just like your run-of-the-mill peasants, like mm-hmm. you know, there's the butcher or the 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 farmer or the gong farmer. The gong farmer. Yeah. I wasn't going to go there. I, <laughs> I was just like, no. I don't need wait, wait, would that be tiny gongs? Call the like, I need no, no, no clarification no, on this. The, <laughs> you know, and, and you okay. know, all that. The, all that. Yeah. All the, any of the, the standard, you know, your run of the mill peasants. And. They're put into a situation where they, you know, have to go into a dungeon or escape some horrible thing that's happening, and the idea is that most of them get killed along the way, and you kind of try to use, because they have a luck statistic that you can use, and you can burn your luck to try and save some of the characters, like burn their luck. Mm -hmm. So at the end they're not as lucky, but they lived through the situation. Hmm. And so the, you're out of luck. The characters who live at the end get the experience, and possibly or hopefully become level one characters, and then they start to develop classes like fighter or wizard. Or so you can. So this is not a, a caste society where you cannot move out of your class. You you can actually gain experience or something and move up. Yeah, move but on. become an adventurer. Okay, but if you don't, you die. Not everybody can go on. Well, they, yeah, they they either die or they get experience and then become. You win or you die. Yeah, <laughs> I just I think it's a really neat concept because usually they they you know you start with all this investment into one character and they're already supposed to be heroes or hardcore even at level one they have all these mm. this training and abilities and everything and with this it's just a bunch of nobodies and and i i did run this game here at the library when uh during our our second saturday game uh-huh. day and they all died oh nobody made it <laughs> so Global annihilation. No, not the whole world, just all the player characters. Just all the players. <laughs> yeah. 
they all went, the people who can they, sing. They went into the dungeon and they, <laughs> they fought the stuff and at the end of the day, uh, they did not emerge victorious. Wow. Lost. So, so you, let's just say the four of us are playing this game and we all, we all have one character? You all have three to four characters. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we all have four characters that we're developing. And let's just say, for the sake of argument, one of my characters, my blacksmith, uh, goes on to the next level. They survive. So then I go to a different game with not you three. I go with someone else. Do I have to start from the beginning or is my character already at the second level? That's that's a question that goes beyond what, <laughs> what this book <laughs> encompasses. Some, some people, that's a, that's a personal choice. Some people run games like that where they're like, oh, you have this character? Sure, yeah. That's fine. You can play but that But boy, character. that would be really okay. sad if yours was the only one, and then you had to play by yourself. Right. You couldn't play with right. anybody else. That's yeah, true. Yeah, we're all dead. No, you, you can, can still, still play. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are so funny. <laughs> we're funny. You're, you're making it sound like that movie with Tom Hanks or, or that tract by, by Jack Chick or whatever, where it's like, your character died. You're out of the game. You don't exist to us any longer. <laughs> It's not like that. It's not like that. You can that. make more characters. It's okay. You just get, Oh. Yeah. They might have to be level zero characters. But mm-hmm. you can continue to play. You don't have to. It's not like you don't exist anymore after all your characters get killed. So you don't get out of the game. You don't like like Monopoly. When you lose all your money, you're out. Yeah, no. I mean, maybe temporarily until you get to a point yeah, where the whole rest of the day. No, I wouldn't do that to somebody. <laughs> it's ten forty-five. Like we play until two, but you're out. For example, in this game what's that I ran, what's to stop me from like getting a character sheet and just like loading it up with all kinds of craziness and just being like, "This is who I'm going to play." <laughs> I am a level whatever. I wouldn't. I wouldn't allow that. To I'm at a level There's, forty-two, and you how, can't. How would you know that I that I didn't show up and I was like, this is the character I always play. I've been playing this character for 20 years and I'm at level whatever. I would tell you you have to play something else. <gasps> a different game or a different character? A different character. <gasps> I'd be like, well, this is a new game and you can't use that character here. This is you for can le- only watch. This is for level zero characters. <laughs> this game... Is exclusive. This reminds me of the time that one time I beat him at that one video game. Oh, wow. <laughs> that one time. That's funny. <laughs> well, and then he wanted to quit. Well, for example, in this adventure that I that I ran, there was this part where they, uh, you know, they they save some prisoners, and so that's kind of a point where you can get some characters back. Like oh, the the prisoners okay. that you save become like your additional level zero characters. So if, if somebody loses all their characters up to that point then they get they get the more if you mm. don't have any characters how can you save characters to become your characters you can uh, uh, you're, de- you're entirely dependent on the other players to do that so if other people save the prisoners they can give those prisoners to you that would be up to the gm the game master uh, but that would that would probably be the idea thing to happen why would they want to give their because it's not a competitive game it's a game what? yeah it's a game where you work together to try and beat the gm or well beat the gm's adventure Hmm. 
I'm like, I'm, okay. I didn't know I was like going to blow some minds today. Man. <laughs> but the game is was. It, I was going to say, is to it a win? game if it's not competitive? I don't know. I mean, you're competing with the world. If it's not competitive. I was going to say, I mean, you're not competing with the other people in your team, but you're trying to To beat him. Okay. So what are you doing? When you have, everybody else has these zero level characters. What do you have? Running all the monsters and horrible things that can happen to them. He's creating the story. The the world. The story. The the setting. You could really make the story kill everybody if you wanted to you could i mean it'd be easy to do that if you really wanted to but the idea is to make it balanced and fair but you did that so that it's a challenge i did i ran it the way it was what choices are still made yeah they made the bad choice they 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 made a valiant effort but at the end of the day it was not it was not enough it was close (sighs) okay so they don't know that you're making this story for the game so you can change the story at any time, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. But you <laughs> chose to kill them all. <laughs> I think you can. I think this is getting a little too esoteric. <laughs> I thought it was pretty straightforward. If you're the game master, you're like the god. You're the mm-hmm. deus ex machina that- who gets to decide how it all turns out. That's somewhat true, but so you're kind of the the person who has the uh, the character that has gone from level one to whatever because they're the monster character. <laughs> not no, not I mean, <laughs> not really. You just put the stuff in there that you want the the game to be about, and <laughs> so if it's about zombies, then you put zombies, and you put some that are stronger than others because you want it to be a challenge and. And there's still, um, we we all live by our choices, yes. free will, yes, to choose or it, not to choose well, certain things. How free but will? But you don't know what the consequences that, are of that your is, choices. That is the most important part how, of the how game. How much free will is there if you got to roll dice? And exactly, that's the that's the, the forces mm. of of chance and, <laughs> and circumstance and what you can't ex, you know. It but always you comes have to down. make a decision based on only partial information, and you don't know what all the consequences are of your decision but then he can change it at any time (laughs) he can just say oh yeah you he rolled that dice but i i don't i'm gonna make it this way and that would make me a bad game master if i did that huh you're not supposed to do things like that like be like oh you you made the right choice and and you're gonna win but i'm just gonna say no you don't so do you know what this reminds me of what end game with <laughs> Thor and the guy who's the the guy that's playing the video games, and he says Thor. He just what did he Fortnite? say? Fortnite, yeah. yeah. The kid was he's, making fun of him. He's mean to me. <laughs> he was being mean online. <laughs> so you might get a, a phone call from Thor. Is what you're saying if you're a bad game master? <laughs> Ultimately, it always comes down to the rolling of the dice where I'm out. That's where she's out. <laughs> That's where she's out, yes. You don't like to roll the dice? I'm like, I want to go here to do this. We'll roll the dice. No. (laughs) I want to go here to do this. That is also the wrong way to do it. You don't need to roll dice for everything. All that to say, I liked the book. I thought it was very interesting. Um, A very interesting D20, kind of old school based game. 
Um, I was a little disillusioned after I ran it and realized that I could probably do the same thing with any system. I don't have to use Dungeon Crawl Classics to make level zero characters. Yeah. And then I was like... I just wasted all this time. I was like... (laughs) I'll just take this concept and just use it in some other game that I Run like to write. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's just say all of this to say, read what you want. Yeah. <laughs> because what you want to read is not necessarily what other people want to read. And that's right. okay. Yes. I didn't I didn't know this was going to turn into an elaborated discussion about... Cause that's okay. Well, I think we just like to, to give you a hard time, when you Chris. Start talking about those because we don't know what you're talking. Well, about. Well, we can have a talk about it sometime, and we can oh, talk about. There's an idea. And and try to and try to like, you know. Did you not see Denise's head hit the table earlier? When yes, we were talking I did. About Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> not interested. Well, it's just out. She she knows how she already knows all this. She she hears me talk about it all the time. See, at least she was still engaged in the conversation. There you go. So that was pretty good. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's very enlightening to talk to to folks that that don't play these things on a regular basis. Or so, do you do are voices? Not familiar with them? I I sort of do, but like, that's another reason why I brought up the whole British like accent thing. <laughs> because I don't, I don't. I'm like, why do all my characters need to be British? Voices. No, I I do like usually I I have different. Varying levels of another show that's off now. It's yeah. over, done. Big Bang Theory. Yeah, she's not fun. listening to you, Chris. No, she's. I am. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right. A different, different accents are going to have different effects on people. The way they listen and how, how they listen and how they whether they believe or not. Yeah. What you're saying. I only try to do accents if it's set in a world that where that accent would make sense. Like if I'm set playing a game in Ireland, I, I might try to do an Irish accent or two. I did I, that once when I was a sto- telling a story, and it was an Irish story, and it was really hard to keep consistent. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I would imagine it would be very difficult because I would probably be changing to like maybe an Australian accent and maybe a British I played with somebody yeah. that did that. It's all over the like, yeah, They, they always did an accent, but it was always something different. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah. She's horrible with accents. Is she? I she not is. Really noticed because she, she just, she's not consistent. And so, and she's, she's, been asked to play characters who need accents mm-hmm. of one kind or another and she's just yeah she starts out doing one thing and kind of goes somewhere else well she's like welsh yeah. or something yeah and she's yeah. always asked to play latina characters yes and it's like what the mask of zorro <laughs> yeah. is is probably the worst yeah but oh well one of my favorite podcasts that i listen to rpg podcast they play in all kinds of different worlds, fantasy worlds uh-huh. and, and stuff. Uh, but they're all from Alabama. And so no matter what world they're playing in... It's the, Alabama. The GM, <laughs> the GM always, <laughs> always has Alabama. somebody that talks in like a, a southern accent, yeah. like in Alabama. Huh. What's funny is that he he's he is, doesn't sound very southern at all. Oh, like that's he, I mean, as, as far as I know, he's, you know, and like born and raised in Alabama or at least lived there for a long time. Hmm. But I was born and raised in Texas, and I don't have a Texan accent. I had somebody ask me if I was from up north the other day. Yeah. And I said, no. 
How what? dare you? Right? <laughs> no, I'm from Texas. <laughs> and my children always know when I'm talking to my siblings because my drawl is very clear then. <laughs> Otherwise, not so much. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. Hmm. But I, I find it... Un- <laughs> Don't like, send there like, no, nope. y'all have accents. <laughs> <laughs> she is not thinking y'all. <laughs> so everybody thinks I have an accent, and I don't think that I do. Uh-huh. But when I go back home, they notice it. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if it's so much the accent, but I do say y'all. I don't say fixin'. Right. But there are certain things that I <laughs> well, say we, that are we more Southern. I, already, yeah. I yeah. draw a line at fixin'. Yes, yeah. I do. I say y'all, but I don't. <laughs> I'm willing to accept y'all, but that's it. I am not fixing to do anything. No. <laughs> y'all is a great word. It, it is. is. It I is. Love y'all. Yeah. So, can I tell you about some books that are very unusual for me to read? Yes. yes. Not, Let's go back to that. They're not happy books. <laughs> that's why they're unusual for me to read because I like happy books. But I enjoyed these. But this, the first one is called Tangerine by Christine Mangum. And I listened to the audio of this. Um, I think it came out last fall. Mm-hmm. And it's about two young women who are former college roommates. And they meet in 1950s Tangier. And Alice is there with her husband, John. Lucy arrives at her doorstep. And both of them, it turns out, are mentally ill. And they just feed off one another. So Alice is very um, fragile. She's agoraphobic. She's prone to nervous breakdowns. Lucy is a sociopath mm. who pretends to be whatever is going to be able to, whatever kind of person is going to be able to manipulate everybody else the way she wants them to be manipulated. And um, Lucy has it in her head that at some point Alice is going to realize that the two of them are destined to be together forever. Oh. But I don't think that's really going to happen. <laughs> Back in college in senior year, Lucy caused a car crash that killed Alice's fiance. And now this is several years later. Alice is married, but her husband disappears after <gasps> Lucy shows up. No one else suspects Lucy. There's all kinds of gaslighting going on. There are stolen identities. It's just a lot going on. Hmm. But it's a very interesting historical setting. So Tangier is very interesting anyway. And then it's 1950s. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of um, stereotypical you know, gender-based mm-hmm. kind of expectations about who this person is going to be, who that person is going to be. So anyway, that was really interesting. And then I read two Ellen, Ellen Hildebrand books. I'd never read her before. Well, I listened to them both, I think. Um, one was Winter in Paradise, And there's a woman, Irene, whose husband, Russ, is a showy romantic. He calls her every day when he's away on business. And one anniversary, he sent up a plane with a happy anniversary banner and all this. And their son, Baker, is an investment analyst who lives in Houston with his hotshot surgeon wife, Anna, and their son, Floyd. (laughs) Um, Baker is now a stay-at-home dad. 
successful day trader. And then there's younger son, Cash, who is a ski bum in Colorado because he his father bought him a ski equipment business, but he, he's about to go bankrupt. But then it turns out that Baker's wife, Anna, says she's leaving him for her best friend, Louisa. And Irene just got a promotion to senior e editor, and it's really kind of a editor emeritus because she doesn't have any responsibilities and she gets less money and she can't make anything happen and she doesn't get to talk to highfalutin people anymore. And then she gets a call telling her that her husband has died in a helicopter crash in the Virgin Islands where apparently he had a whole other life, including a nine-bedroom villa, a mistress, and a 12-year-old daughter. Wow. Oh, and it's just secret all family. about that. So there's that. Yeah, I don't think Ellen Hildebrand likes to tell happy stories. <laughs> at, at the end of this one, I think maybe there's a sequel either out there somewhere that mm -hmm. I haven't found or it's coming or something. Because I think there is something more about the rest of the family and kind of what happens to them later. But it's, it's, it's very... Like, it leaves them all uh, sad and mm -hmm. kind of broken and no direction, and I don't know what to do next. And then the other one I listened to was A Summer Affair, and the main character is Claire Danner Crispin, and she's married to Jason, who is a contractor. She's got four children. She's also a blown glass artist. And she suffered heat stroke while she was working as a blown glass artist. She was seven months pregnant. Zach, her baby, was born premature, and, and she kind of blames herself for what are apparently his developmental delays. And then when she's asked to chair a gala, like, fundraiser for the children's home on Nantucket, um, she kind of starts this affair with this fancy rich guy who asked her to be the, the chair of this thing. And it, it jumps around from um, point of view of Claire and her Irish sister-in-law, Siobhan, to the, the rich guy, Locke, and then other kind of members of the family. But it's really Claire's story and how she goes back to doing blown glass after she hadn't done it since before the baby was born. She runs across a... She brings into the this big charity fundraiser event a former high school friend who is a alcoholic drug addicted rock star but she gets <laughs> him to come and and perform for them for free but then things just kind of hit the fan and hmm. so her life blows up bittersweet story <laughs> not my usual kind of thing yeah i kind of enjoy it hmm. that's different yeah and then there's the Rosie project have y'all told Joel about that? Yes. Yeah, I I've, think I, I have. I remember looking at that yeah. one. Yeah. Don, who's kind of autistic uh -huh. and dysfunctional. Has his own little yeah. questionnaire. Yeah, that, questionnaire for finding a wife. And, yeah. But he finds Rosie. <laughs> that possible prospects have possible. to fill out. <laughs> yeah. She's all wrong based on his questionnaire. Uh -huh. On his very scientific questionnaire. Yeah. Of who's going to be compatible. <laughs> so... Yeah. I actually read a book. Like, I actually read <coughs> this book and didn't Whoa, listen to this book. Yep. Um, it's called Melmoth by Sarah Perry. 
And it is set in um, present day Prague. But it has a very, like, there was times when I, I thought that, like, the setting of it was not present day. Like, it was just mm. the way it was written. Mm-hmm. It was very gothic. Mm-hmm. But it was really good. Um, so, the main character is Helen Franklin. And she left England and is in Prague. And she's working as a translator. She's got just a few friends, like, one really close friend she rents from a woman, from like an elderly woman that she doesn't like. <laughs> um, but mainly because the the little old lady doesn't really understand why Helen, who's young and, you know, barely attractive, is just kind of like, like, it's like she's punishing herself. Like, she won't do anything for fun. She won't eat food that she likes. Mm. Like, it's like she's going through some kind of, like, self... Kind of penitence or yeah. something, maybe? Yeah. Huh. And um, <clears throat> one of her friends, he has... Um, he calls her up, and um, he's married to uh, this woman that's also her friend. Like, these are her two friends in Prague. Like she doesn't really talk to anybody else. And he um, calls her up and they, they meet at a little coffee shop and he looks awful. And she's just like, what's going on? And he's like, well, so I go to the library, you know, to do research pretty much every day. And there's this little old man there that's been working on something like since forever. Like every time I'm there, he's there and he's been working on like this big project. Mm-hmm. And he finally got it up to like talking to him and making friends with him and then the little old man dies oh. and leaves, like, all this stuff. So he's like, well, you know, maybe I can finish where he left off. And he's got all these, like, old letters and old accounts of something called, or someone called Melmoth, the witness. And so basically, he's been trying to gather up all this information on, um, on Melmoth, who is found in like dark legends obscure fairy tales antique village lore but she appears like all over the place like it's not just like oh in france this Mm -hmm. is but it's like all over the place Wow! and so melmoth is she's called the witness because it's supposed to be a a biblical thing when um jesus was resurrected there was was it three witnesses? I don't remember. But depends on the version. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. she was the one that okay. denied it. Ah. Like everybody was like, no, we saw all this. And she was like, nah, I saw nothing. Oh. <laughs> I didn't see anything. So she was basically cursed to walk the earth wow. and witness other people's sins. Oh my goodness. Hmm. So she um so she's incredibly lonely. And if you I've gotten to a point where you see her, she, you've basically committed some kind of sin that you think no one has seen, but she Mm. saw it. And so she'll go to you and she'll basically just be like, you should come with me and you should keep me company and we should just, you know, go and walk together. And, you know, from the story, she's both enticing like, you really want to go, but she also scares the crap out of you. So yeah. you're like, 
I want to go. I don't want to go. <laughs> Some people give in to the temptation and go with her and regret it. Um, but Helen, who's basically like got all this stuff because he was like, I can't deal with this. I got to go. <laughs> so he basically just leaves all this stuff with her oh and gosh. takes off. So she's all like, okay, well, what is it? So she starts looking through it and so on. Um, and so then she thinks she starts seeing Melmoth because it's always like a shadow on the like corner of your eye oh or something to that. Um, and then you do find out what Helen Franklin's sin was that she so thought. So did no the one old else. man sin? Is that why he died? Everybody sins. Well, that's true. But <laughs> he, he died because he was old. Okay. It wasn't that he saw her and <laughs> no, she. Okay, no. I mean, a- he'd be. He saw her when he was young, uh-huh. and so then he's basically spent the rest of his life trying to wow. to prove her existence. Interesting. Wow. That's cool. That does sound really neat. Yeah, that's really good. Hmm. Is there an account where there was three? Because yeah. I, I thought it was just the two. Depends. The two Marys. There's one where there's two Marys and Joanna. Okay. Who's Joanna? Another. Of the women disciples. That's yeah. right. She was there. I don't remember her. And the witness was called Melmoth. Mm-hmm. That was her name. That's what they call her. That's what they call her. So she was, I'm just, I'm thinking of like, was she like uh, introduced as kind of a f- fictional or like the witness that nobody talks about? Or Yeah, she didn't make it into the Bible. Right. Because I was like, they're not referring to somebody that was, was actually referenced. In no. Right. It was uh-huh. like, I'm. Kind of mm-hmm. like, uh, kind of like Lilith mm-hmm. from the from Genesis, or suppose mm-hmm. you know, or whatever re- yeah. in relation to Genesis, yeah. the the other first woman or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> first woman. Yeah. Okay. Woman. I just wanted woman to, one I just wanted to be clear on that because I was like, is it reference to a, a person? Because I like I never heard of that person. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, that's cool. I think that's a neat a neat. That sounds like a really mm-hmm. cool story. Was it creepy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty creepy. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. good. That's good. So there are two series I've been reading that I never read before. I never read a Nora Roberts book. Uh-huh. And I did. I read them all. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've never Which one read... Which was it? All of them. Which one got you started? <laughs> well, I she does like trilogies and I mean, yeah, to read all of so Nora Roberts I, is huge. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But they're all on Libby. So oh. I just kept going and okay. you know, going. I I don't remember which one I started with, but I found a number one, mm-hmm. you know, and just jumped in. Okay. I, it wasn't the earliest. Yeah. But it was a number one with something, you know, and and I the one I think the series that I like the most, I think there are four books and it's about the four friends that have the wedding business. Yeah. And all of the covers have something white and gold on them because, you know, whatever. But there's the friend who does the wedding cakes and there's the friend who does the flowers and the friend who's the photographer and the friend who is just runs it all. And you know, the little romance about all that. And then the other, yeah. Okay, so I'm curious because uh-huh. you typically don't read this kind of... Um, yeah, I do. You do? I do. I just don't talk about it much. 
Okay, because they're the ones I just read. Like, it's more relaxing, kind of. Yeah, they're they're quick and, and all that. And so, yeah, they don't stick. Uh huh. So that's what okay. I really like in Libby, where it says, "This is what you've read," <laughs> and you can you can go back farther, and you can go back farther, and if you if you click on a book, it'll say, "You read this," blah 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 blah. Or nice. you, you check this out, blah, blah, blah. You turned it in, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I okay. can say, oh, look, I've read that one. I didn't remember it, but there it is. Yeah. So you, you enjoyed them because I you, did. you yeah, they were checked fun. more of them out. They were fun. And then the other author that I had never read was Janet Ivanovich. And mm. now I've read everything she wrote except her early romances. Because she said, I'm really bad at writing romance scenes, sex scenes. Mm-hmm. So she, that's why she stopped doing that. I mean, oh. all of her books have a little, a little sliver of romance going on, but she's not describing sex scenes. Because she hates doing that, and she said she's really bad at it. So she, Stephanie Plum, and that's the, the one for the money, two for the dough. Mm-hmm. And it goes, I think the, the latest one is Look Alive 25. And um, Stephanie is a, a really awful bounty hunter. She, she went to be a bounty hunter because she got laid off from her job and had no other skills, and that's what she ended up doing. So anyway, it's, it's kind of funny because Stephanie is an inept bounty hunter and gets herself in all kinds of situations. But then there's another couple of series that she writes about... That are that are more suspense or spy thriller kind of almost things, almost hmm. things. Yeah. One of them, there's an FBI agent, and then this guy who is a thief, who's been caught by the FBI, but he doesn't have to go to prison if he helps the FBI track down other big time, you know, thief, bad pipe, bad people, and so he does. And then there's another one that there's only a couple of... Well, no, there's a few. And I can't remember very much about them. Computer whiz, genius guy, and then somebody... I don't remember. Anyway, I've read all those. This spring. That's why I quit <laughs> writing things down, I think. So basically read just or, these or <laughs> listen to? Um, mostly read, but some listen to, because okay. I really like the... The, with the Stephanie Plum, there's one narrator that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of what I really like is just her, her demeanor because there's a lot of humor in Janet Ivanovich. Mm-hmm. And so the jokes and the, the funny things, I like those. Yeah. So I found a thing that I want to read, and it's called The Rights of the Reader by Daniel Pennock, and it's illustrated by Quentin Blake, but that doesn't help you on the podcast. But... Number one is the right not to read. Number two is the right to skip. Number three is the right not to finish a book. I have a tough time with that one. I don't skip very well either. I don't either. Yeah. If I'm going to read, I'm going to read. If not, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm better at not. Yes. I'm like, okay, I'm done here. (laughs) So yeah, I have a book that I thought I was going to really enjoy, and I got started, and... Just couldn't go. Me too. The name of the wind is the is the one that I just couldn't finish. Oh. That's funny. Apparently, yeah. everybody thinks that one's really great. I know. I'd, 
it just didn't draw me in. I tried and tried and tried and kept coming back to it and reading a little more and think, nah, just not going to do it. Okay, the right to read anything. The right to mistake a book for real life. <laughs> That's so me. <laughs> the right to read anywhere. The right to dip in. And the picture says, try this one page. You'll love it. Um, the right to read out loud. And the right to be quiet. The right to the reader. I hmm. thought that was really cute. That's, I like that. That's fun. So what did you not finish, Denise? It was a book called Night Film. I was really, I thought this book was going to be something that I really enjoyed mm-hmm. because it was um, this reporter who had been disgraced because he um, went on some, like, he did an interview or something uh-huh. and he said some very crazy things about <laughs> um, a filmmaker who's underground, like he hasn't done interviews since like the 80s or something like that and so he hasn't been seen but he still makes movies and they're like crazy cult type movies you Mm. know and so a lot of people can't even find these movies anymore and that kind of thing um but anyway so he says some crazy things um on tv and basically gets sued and reputation is in shreds and Mm. so on it's um, like Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, um, the 24-year-old Ashley Cordova, um, the filmmaker, is, um, his last name is Cordova, and so this is his daughter. And she looks like she committed suicide, but it, he thinks that it was murder. And so he starts to investigate Um a little just to try to get his reputation back, but also because he thinks that he wasn't completely off track with the whole Cordova story he was mm. trying to follow. Um, the whole book has like this, this different, um, looks like screenshots from a website, newspaper clippings. Like you have to, I was listening to it at first and then I was no. like, what are what are yeah. you reading to me? And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, what? <laughs> so I had to get the book. Um, the author, who is Marisha Pessel, on her website, there's actually even like more interactive stuff mm. to the book. Like if you see a little symbol on one of the pictures or something, if you go to the website, there's more to it. Um, and one of the things that he had, because Ashley Cordova was a uh, brilliant prodigy piano player and composer and so one of the things he had was like a cd of hers from when she was making music and so it had a little like symbol on it and so if you go to the website you can actually hear the music Hmm. um and it was real like Hmm. i was like this is really neat um i got about it's also a pretty big big fat book so when i say i got like a 150 pages in i was really only like 25 percent into this book (laughs) um but I got to a point where uh, McGrath, which is the journalist, has gotten two other people that knew Ashley that are kind of helping him investigate. And they go to the Waldorf Towers 
because that's where Ashley had been seen on the night that she died. And so they go to talk to them and the concierge tells them that one of the maids had like this really weird incident with Ashley. And so he wants to talk to them. They want to talk to Mm -hmm. the maid. And so they go to talk to her and, um, she's Guatemalan and the author starts to describe her caramel colored skin. And I was like, Hmm. Hi. Yeah. No. And then they start making fun of her. One of the characters starts making fun of her, um, beliefs and Mm. her, and I was just like, hi, checked out. I'm done. (laughs) I was about 25% in. I was like, this, you know, got a whole bunch of spooky Mm -hmm. feel to it because Ashley did a bunch of really weird things. And I was like, is she, was she like an actual person? Was she a ghost this whole time? (laughs) Did I just step into an M. Night Shyamalan movie here? Yeah. But then I was like, oh, no, no, Mm. I'm, I'm not down for those. Um, (laughs) So I'm out. And that's why I gave up on it. So the book I, I, didn't finish was not the name of the wind it was the shadow of the wind did mm-hmm. i say that you said the name of the you wind said the name of the, the wind. shadow of the wind yeah. so Carlos did you finish the name of the wind i've not read the name of the wind. oh i have a copy of it at home yeah i think it's signed by the author oh wow that's crazy everybody thinks it's the greatest yeah well you said shadow of the wind a shadow of the wind yeah, it's set in Spain, and it's about a boy whose father takes him to the cemetery of lost books, and he finds this amazing book. It's the only one that's out there. And um, so then he starts to see characters from the book on the street. One character from the I read this book. You read this book. Yes. Last I, year, I and it was it one of my favorite too books much of last year. I think I remember you telling me about that. Too it was one of my top favorites. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want to hear more about how much I love this book, I think we talked about it in a previous <laughs> I podcast. think we did. I think that's why I started reading it, yeah. because, because you said it was so great, it and I just couldn't go so anymore. Great. No more disillusionment. <laughs> I should have known if you liked it, I wouldn't. Yeah. Which is funny because... I think uh, I remember that discussion taking place. Yeah. That you liked it and you were like, I probably wouldn't But, you know... I picked up one of the books of Denise's and I I couldn't read it. (laughs) I was like, no. No. I can't remember what it was. (laughs) I didn't finish a series. Yeah? It it was was like a... It wasn't even a flash in the pan. It was like the pan didn't even... Oh, no uh, flash. I just I don't know. I've just had a really tar- hard time finding like science fiction type stuff that uh-huh. I want to read yeah. even though I like science fiction. I'm, I'm having that same deal. Myself. I'm having that same deal. Yeah. And I like science fiction but I don't know whether it's just what's out there or, or it might my be brain the way it's written or something or I something but yeah, nothing's but I, grabbing. So me. I was browsing Amazon and I found one of those special deals where it's mm-hmm. like this whole series of books, you know, into one of those published on Amazon things is the Fractured Empire complete series. It was like nine ninety nine. I was like, oh, this sounds do you know? It sounds okay. And, and worst case scenario is I read it to go to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And it was it wasn't even bad enough to fall asleep to. 
you know, and the story might be fine if I read more into it. I think I was about 50 pages in. It's just the pacing and the writing was just... It it all was just like an and then story. It's like and then he went to this space space station, and then he went to this store, and he found out that the store was run by, you know, slavers, and he got away that time, and then he went back to the ship, and and him and the captain played a game of cards, and it was just and then and then and then mm. I was and it didn't seem like it was really going anywhere. I mean, I know that there's a plot and everything, but it's just like why did you write that scene just to, as an illustration of that yes there are slavers on this space station because you can yeah and it mm. just I don't know and then so Chris was done and then yeah. I regretted my nine ninety nine purchase <laughs> there you go can I well, return this I was trying <laughs> to read can oh, we yeah, give it to anybody yeah. there's another book that I put down just couldn't do it and I thought I was going to enjoy it it was called Big Damn Hero it was based on a Firefly characters, you know, oh, kind of not mm-hmm. on an episode, but outside the episodes. But I just got about a quarter of the way in, and I thought, I, I'm not interested. I don't care. Yeah. I'd rather go just watch Firefly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so, I don't, like, yeah, whenever I mean, a series has ended. Just that some, some jerk who can't write very well mm-hmm. is writing this book, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I find that I have trouble with that, like yeah. with the Firefly comics or anything like that. And not just Firefly, but any show that has yeah. ended. And it's like, oh, we're right. going to continue this in some other Look, format. we can make more money. Right. <laughs> yeah. I tend to not yeah. be interested. Like, I might yeah. try, like, especially with graphic novels. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, you know, I might give that a shot. And then I'm just like, uh, no, whatever. Yeah. It hurts to do that sometimes. It doesn't hurt as much as having to read the whole thing. That's true. Sometimes. <laughs> You're right. It would hurt more to have to finish. That. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Especially when I'm not interested. Yeah. It's nice to be able to give yourself permission to do that. Mm-hmm. The right to the reader, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I've gotten better about that, about not feeling like I have to finish something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a little disappointing, though, that I made it to like 150 yeah. pages in, and yeah. then I was like, whatever, done here. Because then I couldn't take any of them Aww. seriously. <laughs> Well, I think that Pat reads the most out of everybody here. Hmm. I know you read a lot. Um, You you read, you try to read a lot, right? I don't get to read as much as I'd like to read. Yeah, just and and a lot of the stuff that we do devote our time to read is stuff that we end up already having to. Mm -hmm. We already talk about on the podcast. Yes, I was just looking at my list, and I'm like. All these books are from Dewey. Mm-hmm. And I like to read them. Like That's not like, oh, you know, this is... Yeah. But I haven't had time to read anything just on... Just for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know an awful lot more about murder right. than I did. And I knew a lot about murder going into this. <laughs> well, something that we were talking about in one of our books earlier re- reminded me of my next murder book that we're going to talk about <laughs> later. It's like, yeah, I can't talk about that yet. <laughs> so, so I did read one more. It was called the gifts of imperfection by Brene Brown. Hmm. Um, and so she's a shame researcher and she's hysterical. Mm-hmm. I think you guys would really a like shame her. researcher. Yes. Where do I sign up for that? Right. <laughs> um, but she has a Netflix um, special that's out. So if you want to watch that, mm. it's kind of cool. But 
it just talks about well a lot of stuff but kind of that like deep down you know the shame that we all deal with mm-hmm. and um kind of getting over that and just being who you are and mm-hmm. and all that so I need to listen to it again. I don't like books like that that you listen to because I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to remember that. And then I'm driving and mm-hmm. I have nowhere yeah. to write it down. Yeah. And so uh, I would prefer to have a hard copy uh, to look at that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, I, I recommend to, her stuff. I listened to an audiobook, and it wasn't an audiobook, it was a lecture that she had given, actually. Oh. Or, pre- you know, a, she did a TED talk. Yeah, but this was different from her TED Talk. I've listened okay. to her TED Talk, yeah, a couple of TED Talks or something. But yeah, this was just a presentation she did to a group of people in Colorado or something. But it was it was really interesting. But I thought it was an audio book, but it wasn't. It was because hmm. it was never a book. Hmm. It was just a speech. Yeah. But really interesting. So it was like over a day or a day and a half or something. So it was, mm-hmm. you know, a few hours. But she's really funny. She she's is. very funny, but she has really serious stuff to talk about and makes it palatable because mm-hmm. she's funny. Cool. And because she's experienced yeah. it. And it's like, yeah. it's like life stuff. I mean, yeah. she talks about getting mad in the pickup line for the kids and how somebody approached her about something and how she really wanted to mm-hmm. <laughs> spew at them but you know she held her tongue and yeah but she rolled up her window <laughs> was the person still talking <laughs> My God. yeah so anyway I, I do recommend her books we do have a couple of those mm-hmm. here in the library cool. of mm-hmm. hers and it's Brene not Renee mm-hmm. so and she's from Houston Yes. That's all I got. That's all we got. That is the year so far. And more books to come. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) That aren't related to other podcasts that we do. Yeah. Yeah. So you can talk about them. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, you can always listen to Do We Like Murder. That's true. I mean, if you really want to know what what Don and I have been reading. Listen to that. (laughs) Listen to that. All right. Well, you've heard your rights to your readers. What is it? Rights of right. the reader? Reader Rights of the reader, yeah. So, you've been read your rights. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Happy reading, y'all. Yeah, long overdue <laughs> podcast. 